Hey there, it's Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Don't forget that we are free and available on Apple and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcast. Please go and find it today and subscribe. That would mean so much to me. And while you're there, download a couple episodes. That wouldn't hurt at all. (laughs) On today's show, great news. There are five different Tar Heels who have been invited to the 2022 NFL Combine going to talk just a little bit about who that is and some things to be watching for. We're going to preview tonight's basketball game for the men against the Pittsburgh Panthers. Uh, But first, man, Woody Durham, what a guy, what a guy. Nearly four years after his death, the legacy of Woody Durham continues to live on, and it's going to do so in a brand new way on the campus of the University of North Carolina, thanks to a generous donation from a member of the Rams Club. On Monday, the Carolina Athletics Department and the Rams Club jointly announced that the Media and Communications Center, the one that's right there, right beside the Smith Center, uh, just very close proximity, will be officially named the Woody Durham Media and Communications Center. It's great news. Love that. And why is it important to talk about today? Well, Woody's wife, Jean, and his sons, Wes and Taylor, are going to be recognized at halftime of the game tonight against Pittsburgh. What's really cool about that, as you probably know, is is Wes broadcasts a lot of games for ACC Network. And lo and behold, who's on the call tonight? None other than Wes Durham. And so he's already going to be there courtside broadcasting the game, and he'll just slide out from behind the broadcast booth and come to center court to be recognized along with his brother and mom. Really neat opportunity. Looking forward to that. In the press release from North Carolina, uh, A.D. Bubba Cunningham uh, had had some things to say, and I really love this quote and how it captures the essence of who Woody is, so I want to share it with you. But uh, Cunningham says this, Woody loved his alma mater and the Tar Heels, and his work helped create generations of Tar Heel fans while setting a standard of excellence for every broadcast, story, and highlight. We tell the stories of our 800 student-athletes and 28 teams through multiple multiple media platforms at our Media and Communications Center, and it is fitting that the building is now named in Woody's honor. As Woody liked to say, go where you go and do what you do. Speaking of which, here's something I'd like to do. I'd like to introduce a new segment. So many of you out there grew up listening to Woody, or you had a, a chance encounter with him somewhere along the way, or, or his life touched or impacted yours in some way just by all this time spent listening to him come into your living room or, or bedroom or wherever it was as he broadcast Tar Heel games. And so what I'd love to do is find a way for us on this podcast to be able to continue to honor Woody as well. And so I'd like to introduce a segment that I'm calling, Where Do You Go? And so what I've found is that all over the country, all over the world, Tar Heels, whether they are are graduates of the university or people that just grabbed a hold of the Carolina family at some point along the way and have just become fans, 
all these Tar Heels just relish, they desire the opportunity to be able to connect and to tell their stories with one another. And so this segment, Where Do You Go, is an opportunity to do that. So here's what I'm going to ask of you, everyone out there listening. I would be honored if you have a story of that nature. Uh, that if you do, maybe it's a way that Woody meant something to you as you listened to him broadcast games. Maybe you met him at some point in time and, and had a meaningful encounter. What I'd love to ask you to do is if you would share those with me so that I could share them on the podcast. These could be stories about where you go when you're, when you're watching a game, how, how you enact your fandom. Are, are you superstitious? Do you have things that you and family members do? Uh, where do you go for game days? Or, or maybe it's a story about Woody and what he meant to you. It could be any of these things. Where do you go will be a way that we too, in this community here on Locked on Tar Heels, can carry on Woody's legacy, just like the university is doing with the communication center. In that same press release put out from the school, Woody's wife Jean said this, I hope when fans walk by the media center and see his name, it will trigger a thought of Woody and a smile. Boy, what a, what a great and simple thing that that could be. And so in that vein, what I'd like to do is go ahead and have our very first ever Where Do You Go uh, segment here on the show. And so I'm going to read this story to you sent in by none other than Steve Hageman. And he shared this with me about a memory from uh, an encounter with Woody that will indeed bring a smile to your face as it did to him and have a lasting memory on his childhood. So, Steve, thank you so much for the submission. Everyone else out there, keep them coming so we can share these moments together. Here's Steve's story. It goes like this. Growing up, my biggest connections to Carolina basketball were through the radio. We would get a few games a week here and there on TV, but since we only got two channels through the antenna, that was really limited. When I was in 7th grade, Carolina had just won their first title under Coach Smith. My father had a business trip to Raleigh, and so I got to skip school for a few days and go with him. Knowing how much I loved Carolina, he made sure that we took one afternoon to visit Chapel Hill. The Moorhead Planetarium, the Shrunken Head Boutique on Franklin Street, had my picture made by the court in Carmichael, as well as in front of the new construction of the Smith Center. As we headed back to Raleigh, we stopped at a Wendy's on the edge of Chapel Hill. Standing in line, I realized that Woody Durham was in line just in front of us. I told my dad, but he wasn't sure, but I knew 100%. Well, just then, Woody's newspaper slipped out from under his arm and hit the floor. My dad started to tell me to help, but I had already seen my chance. Like a flash of lightning, I grabbed the paper and handed it to him feeling as though I had just served royalty. He thanked me for being so helpful. As he turned, I got the courage. Mr. Durham, can I shake your hand? His response, well, absolutely. I still remember that firm grip of his as a grin spread across my face. Not only did he shake my hand, but he talked to me and my dad for quite a while, even letting a few people in line jump ahead of us. What a kind and gracious man to take the time to make a kid's day, a day that I'll never forget. 
Wow, that's a great story. Thank you so much, Steve, for sharing that with me, With for sharing it with the Locked on Tar Heels community. What a great opportunity to just see how even, even in off moments, in down moments, Woody was still just a good and decent man. And so that that is the person whose legacy we will honor tonight in the Smith Center as Carolina takes on Pitt. If you'd like to send in a story for Where Do You Go, please email the show at LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear your stories about where you go or how Woody has had an impact on your life. Well, Sam Howell and four other Tar Heels have been invited to the 2022 NFL Combine. All the details coming up, but first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. Yes, give me all of that. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from 2 to 300 calories, but most Built Bars have just 130. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you're going to be blown away at the numbers. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And starting next week, Locked on Tar Heels can also be your first watch every day. Starting on Monday, you'll be able to catch the show still here on traditional podcast formats. Or, if you prefer, you can hop on YouTube and check out the video format. Would be honored if you'd do that as the channel comes live. It would mean so much if you would uh, just hit that subscribe button. All of those just help keep the show finding its way to more and more and more ears. So thank you so much. Can't wait to share with you in a visual format as well. Well, so the 2022 NFL Draft Combine... The, the annual NFL draft meat market where teams seem to conveniently forget everything that's ever happened on the field and what players actually do in the heat of battle and find themselves infinitely more impressed by how well a player does on the bench or how fast they can run a 40 because clearly that trumps your ability to play a football game. I, I know those results matter, but come on, who who's a winner and who's not? Let's figure that out. Anyway, the Draft Combine, it's going to kick off on Tuesday, March 1st, and run up through Monday, March 7th. Uh, Per the NFL, there are 324 total prospects invited to attend this year, which will take place once again in Indianapolis. The draft uh, itself takes place on April 28th through 30th. And there are five Tar Heels who have been invited. And those include, as you would guess, Sam Howell, Joshua Izudu, Jeremiah Gemmel, Ty Chandler, and Marcus McKeithen. And all of those are ranked at various different places. Obviously, you know, because we've talked about it here on the podcast, that Sam Howell is a little bit all over the map from where we thought he would probably be, but is still coming in uh, somewhere probably likely either in the first round or early in the second. Uh, Per ESPN's current draft rankings, uh, Sam Howell comes in at 40th overall and fourth amongst quarterbacks. Jeremiah Gemmel comes in at 15th amongst inside linebackers and 161st overall. 
Josh Zudu uh, amongst offensive guards, 130th overall and 8th at the position. Marcus McKeithen, same position, 22nd overall and 274th overall. And Ty Chandler isn't listed amongst all those, but we know Ty Chandler is a dynamic running back who would be able to come in and make a big difference for an NFL franchise if he gets an opportunity to do so. Well, my goal today, I, I know we're going to spend a lot more time talking about these guys, talking about the combine as we get closer to there. Uh, obviously, Sam Howell is the headliner, the, the biggest storyline, the one that we, we expect to go in the first round. Um, and, and as he is in all moments around Carolina football, he is the biggest deal, the biggest story. And so we want to spend plenty of time on that in the lead up. But it's a different combine invitee who I want to kind of focus on, and that's Ty Chandler. He's the one I want to spend just a couple minutes talking about it as we think about these invites. You probably are wondering, okay, that, that's cool, but why, Isaac? Why on earth is it Ty Chandler you want to focus on of these five guys right now? Well, for me, it's all about what's going on in the NCAA with the transfer portal. You see... Ty Chandler took advantage of that, came straight from Tennessee to Carolina, walked right into the shoes left behind by some very big shoes that he had to fill um, of two guys in Michael Carter and Javante Williams, who are now playing on Sundays for the Jets and the Broncos. And so Ty Chandler saw an opportunity to come in and uh, take the reins of the running back room and really make a name for himself. And so what I love about Ty Chandler then parlaying that into an invite to the NFL Draft Combine is what that says to other potential transfers in the market. Hey, come to Carolina, ball out, make a name for yourself at, at a place that's getting all sorts of national attention, whether it's because of Mac Brown or, or just the program being revitalized. The eyes are on North Carolina. They know big things are happening. And so, yeah, Ty Chandler, come be here, get invited to the draft combine. Who knows what you're going to do while you're there? Yes, Ty Chandler is not necessarily on, on people's top 10 list of top 10 running backs in, in this year's draft, but who knows what he can, can happen for him as he continues to work out and show scouts what he is capable of. And so perhaps this opportunity in front of him might not seem like all that big a deal. It might not be something that um, other potential transfers are paying attention to, but believe me when I say that it is, because it is. This, these kids, these young men are paying attention to things like that. Why? Well, think about it. What is every football player's ultimate dream? Is it to get lost on the depth chart at a mid-major school? No. Is it to uh, just play at, at a big D1 major conference school? No. Yeah, I mean, yes, they want to do that, but ultimately the goal is to make it to the highest level of professional football in the world. That is the NFL. That is every young football player's dream. How do I play on Sunday? That's what they're trying to get to. And if Ty Chandler proves that transferring to Carolina and and ultimately landing yourself on an NFL roster and finding some carries is a, is a way to go about doing that, then those guys are going to start coming and playing for Mac Brown. 
And so, yes, this is a huge deal that that Ty Chandler succeed in this process. So all of us out here, everyone out there listening, you need to be rooting for Ty Chandler with everything you got because his success is Carolina's success, meaning Carolina can continue to take advantage of the transfer portal, bringing in guys who can make a big difference. So what does Ty Chandler do? He suggests to transfers all around the nation that Carolina is a place where they can come and be noticed and maybe even get drafted. Carolina is a place where your dreams can come true. Woo, that is a bottom line there. I love that. Let's, let's make that a thing. Carolina is a place where your dreams can come true. Let's make that happen. Ty Chandler, we're rooting for you, buddy. Sam Howell, Zudu, Gemmel, McKeithen, you guys go out on to the draft combine. Make it happen. Show out. Get to the league. We can't wait to watch you guys ball out on Sundays. Well, again, tonight, North Carolina is hosting Pittsburgh in the Smith Center. We'll preview the game in just a moment, but first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is full go. The NBA All-Star Game is coming up this Sunday. Selection Sunday is less than a month away for college basketball. And so from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, as well as the latest Olympic coverage. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Wednesday night. 8 p.m., love that, on ACC Network, inside the Dean E. Smith Center, right next to the newly christened Woody Durham Media and Communications Center, and taking place on Roy Williams Court, North Carolina will host the Pittsburgh Panthers right there in the Smith Center. I love all that recognition of all these this Tar Heel lore. Dean Smith, Roy Williams, Woody Durham coming together all right there. And let's just say it again. Thank you, ACC Network, for moving to 6 and 8 o'clock games on weeknights rather than uh, what the parent company ESPN is doing with the 7 and 9 o'clock games. Love these earlier time slots because I can go to bed sooner. Goodness knows I love watching the game, but then I got a lot of work to do. I got a quick hitters uh, article to write. Then I get to hop on and record this so we can all listen to it the next day. Man, love the earlier games. Let's keep that going. Coming into the game, North Carolina is 18-7 overall. They are 10-4 in the ACC and currently tied for third with Miami. Although if the, if the season ended today, they would be the fourth seed again because of that head-to-head loss to the Hurricanes. Pitt comes in at 10 and 16 overall. They are 5 and 10 in the conference and 11th in the conference standings. We're going to see a battle of contrasting styles. Carolina comes in averaging 78.7 points a game. Pitt is way down at 62 points a game, and so the Panthers are going to be trying to slow down and muck it up a little bit while Carolina's going to want to score. Uh, they might not be the high, high, crazy tempo that we're so used to seeing under Coach Williams, but still, they get up and down and score those points. 
in terms of points allowed, Carolina, uh, Carolina is averaging 72.9 points allowed, while Pitt is averaging 66.5 points allowed per game. And so, again, we see that contrasting style even on the defensive side. Carolina wants to score, but you can score on them a little bit more. Pitt doesn't need to score as much because they don't allow as many points. But what you notice there, Carolina averages 78 points scored and allowing 72.9. Pitt is allowing more points scored than they are scoring. And that is uh, not a recipe for success in a game where you need to score more points than your opponent. Hashtag deep analysis from Isaac. Well, a couple notes on the Tar Heels that we heard from the athletic department this week from the great sports information director, Mr. Steve Kirshner. Kirsch, thank you for the work you always do, sir. Carolina's win on Saturday over FSU was their 10th ACC win of the season. That means now that in 68 total ACC seasons, Carolina has at least 10 wins in 45 of them. Duke is second on the conference list with 40. After that, drops all the way down to NC State with 16 10-win ACC seasons. Just further, further proof that A, Carolina is the class of the conference, and then that Duke is just right there with them, and everybody else falls well short. And as I just said, Carolina has 18 wins this season, so just two more away from another 20-win season, and that is just one of those thresholds that when uh, a tournament committee sees that number 20 by your name in the win column, there's just a different level of respect. So Carolina needs to go out and get this win tonight and then pick up another one in short order, hopefully against Virginia Tech on Saturday. Well, unfortunately, Pitt, unfortunately for Pitt, not unfortunately for Carolina, unfortunately for Pitt, they've just not been good this season. And frankly, uh, it's just the truth of the matter. They have struggled under Jeff Capel. Uh, The success that he has seen at other places just has not translated up to Pennsylvania. So I'm not sure if Jeff Capel just isn't as good a head coach as he was a recruiter, say, at Duke, because he, he was bringing in dudes, right? He's so responsible for so much of that recruiting. So I don't know, maybe he's just not capable of doing that, or maybe Pitt is just an infinitely difficult place to coach and to recruit. Or maybe it's a combo of the two things. Pitt's tough, and maybe Jeff Capel isn't who we thought he was. You know, I think a lot of people assumed he'd go up to Pitt succeed, have a good run, and then maybe Coach K brings him back to be the successor after him, but uh, that did not work out. So Pitt, though, is on a two-game winning streak, coming off a win at Florida State and at home against NC State. Uh, You might not know many of the the names on this year's Panthers, just because Carolina hasn't played them yet, and uh, there's nobody named Cameron Johnson coming in to light up the Tar Heels tonight, thank goodness. Boy, Cam Johnson, thank you for coming to Carolina. What a representative of the school he is. Bro, you keep lighting it up for the Suns. Pittsburgh is led in scoring by John Hugley. He's one of their forwards. Leads the team both, again, in scoring at 14.2 points a game and in rebounding at 8.2 points a game. And so, at 8.2 rebounds a game, excuse me. And so, it should be an interesting matchup in the paint with Mr. Armando Baycott. Hugley comes in, he's six foot nine. 240, Baycott 6'10", 240. So these guys an inch off and weigh the same, according to the media guides. Who knows what they're actually at? But man, should be a really good battle in there 
would love to see Baycott continue to just take advantage of the other big men in the conference. And also, just a reminder of what I said yesterday, Baycott needs just four rebounds to get to 800 for his career. So, Armando, go out and grab those. Do yourself proud. Three things. I always like to give you some things I'm going to be watching for. Here are three things I'm watching in tonight's game. First off, Carolina's backcourt is doing it, right? R.J. Davis has had a really great last two games as a floor leader. He's been scoring. He's being a distributor. Uh, Really want to see him keep racking up those assists and staying away from those turnovers. And so in those last two games, he's got 11 assists, just one turnover. That's what Coach Hubert Davis needs out of his floor leader. Uh, Scoring, protecting the ball, and getting the ball to the right guys at the right time. We saw also on Saturday Caleb Love break out of his shooting slump with a great shooting performance, hit his first five three-point attempts, would love to get that all the time. That's, That's not repeatable game after game, but boy... That was incredible on Saturday, and so want to see Carolina's backcourt continue to grow, uh, make good decisions, and lead the team in that way. Second thing I'm looking for, I already said it, but is just the matchup in the paint between Baycott and Hugley. Who wins that might be uh, a great indicator of where this game is headed. If, if Armando can establish himself early, maybe get Hugley into a little bit of foul trouble, could spell success for the Tar Heels. The third thing I'm watching for tonight is the bench rotation and production. We've seen uh, Coach Davis really mix it up. Who's coming off the bench first? Is it Puff Johnson? Is it Dontrez Styles? Is it Kerwin Walton? Is it Justin McCoy? We don't know. Maybe that's the fun right now. The, the starting five are set, especially with the knowledge of Dawson Garcia being out. But of those four other guys, who knows who's coming in first? Who knows how many minutes any of them are getting in any given game? I will have to wait and see with everyone else. Bated breath, who's coming in first? I'd love to hear your thoughts. My guess is that it's going to be Dontrez Styles, because uh, why not, you know? <laughs> um, and then, similarly to what we saw on Saturday, what level of production are we going to get from the bench? We saw 22 points coming from those non-starters. There's been other games where literally they've scored zero points. And so one of the things that Coach Davis is really wanting for this team is just that bench rotation to continue to grow, to continue to make winning plays, whether it's scoring or doing other things, drawing charges like Puff Johnson did on Saturday. Watching that bench and what they're doing is a great thing to look for. Well, Carolina really needs to win this game as they do all these games down the stretch. As you're probably hearing from from all sorts of places, Carolina is firmly on the bubble. Not great wins, um, but thankfully they don't have any bad losses, right? As we've alluded to, Carolina is 0-7 in Q1 right now. That that Michigan game went back out to a Q2 game. Uh, There are some possibilities for that one to come back in. The home victory over Virginia Tech. Uh, is looking better and better all the time. Virginia Tech is 35th in the net right now, and so they might move up. But currently, of the six remaining regular season games, including tonight's against Pitt, Carolina only has those two two quad one opportunities left, and that's at Virginia Tech on Saturday and at Duke to close out the regular season. The good news is, of those other four remaining regular season games, three of them are home. Tonight versus Pitt, 
hosting Louisville and hosting Syracuse, and then the only other regular season game is at NC State. And so um, not much travel left, just home four times, to Raleigh once, to Durham once, and then up to Blacksburg, which is a little bit of a longer trip, but not too bad either. And so Carolina has a really great opportunity in front of them. And so as you think towards the postseason, just thinking in terms of what Carolina needs to do tonight, really need all four of those non-quad one wins. You, you can't take on a loss in quad two through four. And then probably either one of the Virginia Tech or Duke games. Obviously, you'd love to get both of them, but you feel good about getting at least one of them and what that can do for your tournament resume. Objectively, obviously, Duke is the better of those two teams between Duke and Virginia Tech. Um, and so the Virginia Tech a victory there is probably a little more realistic. However, let's go knock out Coach Krzyzewski's final regular season home game. That would be incredible and something probably Tar Heels everywhere are counting down the days until. And so uh, Carolina is in the driver's seat to get a top four seed in the ACC tournament. Wake Forest lost at Duke on uh, on Tuesday night with a, a tip dunk at the buzzer that was reviewed for basket interference, but it was ruled good, and so Duke walked away victorious. While it's sad to see Duke win for Tar Heels fans, it is good also to see Wake lose because then they drop another game behind Carolina in the ACC standings, meaning that Virginia and Wake Forest are now tied uh, with two games back of Carolina and Miami in the loss column. They all have 10 wins, but Carolina and Miami have that little bit of an edge into those third and fourth seeds in the conference tournament. And so what that means is Carolina very much controls their own destiny for one of those four top seeds. And so assuming if they can win five of their final six games, they're in. They have a top four seed. No questions asked. Doesn't matter what anyone else does. So the Tar Heels very much control their own destiny. And that starts tonight against Pitt. So that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us at Locked on Heels and follow me at Isaac Shade, all on Twitter. As I said earlier, please send us an email. We'd love to talk more. LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, go tell a friend. Bring them in. I had somebody reach out to me today and say, hey, thank you so much for asking us to have patience with Coach Davis. I sent that to several friends who needed to come down off the ledge. And so, you know what? This podcast can help save lives. There you go. I said it. It's happening. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to recap the game tonight against Pitt. Uh, I've got some spring football practice news for us. Looking forward to sharing that with you. And then some basketball scheduling news for next season came out on Tuesday. Excited to share that as well. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And now I'd like to encourage you to make Locked on Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day talking Carolina with me. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow... Peace!